Hello, and welcome to Boo Covery, where East meets West as we learn from Buddhist psychology how to deal with mental health and health issues. And now your host, Tyler Woods. Hi, this is Tyler Woods, and welcome to Boo Covery. You can visit us at bucovery.com and learn more about Buddhism in psychology and mental health. You know, a lot of people ask me, how did I get into Buddhism? And I think it's a good question. And I tell them, I'm just returning to where I belonged. Now, let me explain that. When I was eight years old, the Mormon missionaries came knocking at our door and my parents traded in their beer to a religion not only was I not fond of, but one that frightened me. And I recall the missionaries coming more and more. Soon I was forced to listen to the tales of Mormonism. And for an eight-year-old child, it was frightening. At one point, the missionaries were talking about three heavens that the Mormons believe in. And he asked me eagerly, what did I think of going to one of the three heavens? And was I willing to go to the highest kingdom? And I kind of remember just saying to him, I don't believe it because I think we, we don't go to heaven. We just keep coming back over and over. Oh, my gosh. You would have thought I injured one of them as the room with the missionaries and my parents just got totally quiet. And then my mother goes, where did you learn that? As if I said something horrible. But all I knew was I believed we kept coming back. Oh, if I knew what Buddhism was back then, perhaps my childhood would have been easier and I would have understood the concepts that my mind kept giving me. And You know, here's the thing. I can't recall a single joyful moment in my childhood that involved a belief system or a church. I kept thinking of that eight-year-old in me and wondered what I met when she said, we keep coming back over and over. Well, today at almost 65, I totally get what that eight-year-old child in me was saying. And I get that even at eight, I knew about reincarnation and karma. Now, I don't know how I knew back then, but I fully understand. And I began to slowly invest, uh, investigate in a Buddhism as I grew up. Now, I thought it was difficult to practice being calm and not attached. And I knew I wanted to not suffer. I don't want to suffer. And that the ground of practice is to wholeheartedly accept whatever feelings that I was having, whether it was anger or happiness or joy or sorrow, love or hate, sorrow, pain, desire, fear. I mean, to understand these emotions totally went against the grain of Mormonism. You see, I was a woman and my job as a woman was to please a man and follow a bunch of rules and regulations and produce more Mormons by breeding. And then I had to follow these rules that I didn't understand. And believe me, it had nothing to do with spirituality or even stepping in my power as a woman. What I loved about Buddhism 
was Buddhism promised me freedom from suffering. And my question was always, how can we be free from suffering and still have pain and sorrow and fear? So Buddhism points us to the truth that freedom from suffering does not mean we'll eliminate all the arising parts of our suffering or all the difficult feelings and emotions that we have. Rather, it suggests we learn to sit with the feelings. And as I aged and I went in and out of different belief systems from being a Mormon to being an atheist to being an agnostic, and I got more and more into Buddhism. However, probably about, I don't know, 18, 20 years ago, I had the opportunity to see the Dalai Lama. And I have to tell you, in that moment, sitting in his presence, I realized I had found home. It was always there. It was there for me. And I realized I was looking for freedom from my personal suffering. And it took me a while to realize that the real meaning of freedom in Buddhism is not freedom to do or have what I wanted. Rather, it was to realize that no matter what feelings or how difficult situations I've experienced was, I could feel them and let them gently pass. And the suffering would not only be diminished, but I could be set free. And I was holding on to a lot when I finally got into Buddhism. So it was important for me to let go of suffering because I had suffered from depression since I was a small child. I no longer wanted to be attached to that. So I had to learn what I now know is that there is no problems in feeling depressed. It's okay to feel depressed. We need not spend all of our time fighting the depression. Rather, we need to accept the depression. Because accepting depression, it, it just takes less energy. See, I was giving so much energy rejecting it. And that when I spent some time to find someone who had a spiritual practice and new Buddhism, and I began to learn how to let go and find ways to accept the feelings that went with depression. And I was able to watch my depression arise and then pass. And I realized that most of our feelings really do arise and they pass. And I slowly learned that problem with feeling is not the emotional feeling, rather, it's how we react to the uncomfortable emotions that we have. So I think, and I get excited here, this is why I'm so fond of the second arrow in Buddhism. You know, the first arrow is the event. It's what's happening. And the second arrow is our response to that event. We have a choice to shoot that second arrow and how we want to shoot it. The second arrow represents our reactions to a bad event or a bad feeling. And it's that manner in which we choose or how we choose to respond emotionally. And I think more and more how I got involved with Buddhism was 
I became aware that it was the most psychological belief system. And psychology and Buddhism, they work hand in hand more than any other belief system. Buddha believed that the mind is the most dominant and Buddhism provides tools to help alleviate psychological suffering. So my interest in Buddhism then sent me to college for seven years to finish my education and become a psychotherapist and then utilize my PhD to find natural ways, including Buddhist psychology, to treat people. Now what I discovered along my path was the Four Noble Truths were the complete truth of suffering. It was the true cause of suffering, the truth of the end of suffering, and the truth of a path that leads to the end of suffering. So in my work in a therapeutic setting, what I learned was this, that the first noble truth, we begin to identify the pathology. The second provides us with the cause of suffering. The third is like the prognosis. And then, of course, the fourth noble truth is the remedy. So the remedy is the definitely the eightfold path. And learning that, though it's eight steps, it's really difficult. And it's about practice. So today I use all the teachings I have learned and that were taught to me through people and through education and through my private practice. And I help people gain tools that can help them in their suffering. Their suffering. And Buddhism in psychology makes things so much clearer and manageable. Buddhist teaches us to help us find ways to end suffering. And today, it still helps people find ways to ease their suffering. Emotions like stress and depression, anxiety can be helped with understanding the cause of suffering and the desire to end it. Now, compared with a few decades ago, the number of people who use Buddhism in psychology is growing. However, I must say this, I do find it interesting how people suffer from psychological issues. And we were told about a path that could ease our pain over a thousand years ago, and we're still not using it fully. Psychology has a lot to catch up with. But that's how I got into Buddhism. And the bottom line is, Buddhism helps me walk a path of peace. And speaking of peace, this is Tyler Wood saying, walk in peace. <laughs>